0: p.m., you're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. Yes, that's right. Everything that's in the headlines and what should be here on the Punch Out on Breakthrough News. I'm your host, Eugene Perrier. It's the 23rd of November, Monday, here in the United States at least. It's a holiday week, so I'm sure many of you listening to this are getting yourself together here. Hopefully you aren't going anywhere, but maybe you are. No comment, just... Just support the punch out. That's all I'll say about that. Be as it may. A lot of good stuff for you here, as we always do. Not good. Most of it's actually terrible. But important things to know and things that people should be taking action against. One of which is COVID-19 and apartheid continuing to wreak havoc in the Gaza Strip. France is arresting kids for quote-unquote defending terrorism, some as young as 10 years old. We'll get you to that story. But before we get to either of those, we start with the newly announced nominee for Secretary of State by Joe Biden, Tony Blinken. Judgmental training is crucial with today's ever-changing environments. Law enforcement needs to know how to handle unpredictable circumstances and when faced with hostile confrontations, be able to de-escalate the situation. Well, what you heard there was a clip for an ad, an ad for a police training scenario company, which is directly tied to Tony Blinken, Biden's nominee for secretary of state. This is a punch out breakthrough news exclusive here. Haven't seen this anywhere else so far. Much of the conversation, of course, about Tony Blinken has centered on foreign policy issues. Rightfully so, of course, he's going to become potentially the secretary of state. But it does seem very relevant here, given everything happening in this country right now, that in his private sector career, like earlier this year, Blinken had direct ties to the policing industrial complex How? Well he was one of the owners of a company that develops trainings that teach the police how to shoot people Yeah, that's right. So here's the whole story for you here. In the private sector time here, blinking like all these other Washington officials, just revolving doors, spinning around here. In his time at the private sector, he became a partner, I believe a founder and a partner, of something called Pine Island Capital Partners. Now, Pine Island owns two companies directly, One of those companies is Inveris Training Solutions. Inveris makes the video simulators that cops and the military, by the way, use to train in live fire exercises. It's basically a video simulator with a bunch of different quote-unquote scenarios. Here's one scenario from their PDF document of scenarios you can choose from when you buy it. Just to give you a quick example, the header is "Vehicle Stop." parentheses, black, Hispanic, or white suspect, close parentheses, I guess you choose. I don't know. The description goes, At a traffic stop, you are forced to make a quick decision as the suspect reaches for an item. This scenario will test the officer's observation, listening skills, and reaction under high stress in a dynamic environment. Hmm. I wonder what usually happens in those sorts of situations. Nevertheless, moving on here... uh, all their scenarios, by the way, are just like that. I mean, and many of them are actually even more ridiculous. One of them is what to do if you drive by a, another cop being beat up by a civilian. But you can go look for yourself there. In the most recent blog post the company has out, they note that quote, if it were not for their constitutionally protected rights that prevent quote unquote second guessing, officers may become hesitant in seeking justice. Instead, thanks to prevailing Supreme Court verdicts, they can. At least rely on reason, uh, the trust, or uh, on reasonability, the trust that another officer placed in the same circumstances would reasonably respond as they did, end quote. I butchered that quote a little bit here, but the basic point here is that their training is designed to help officers understand the so-called reasonableness standard that governs police shootings. And that's a bit of a statement here. If it were not for their constitutionally protected rights, officers may become hesitant. Um, so this idea that you know somehow these police shootings under the standard are okay, when in fact the standard of reason is is completely not reasonable. And in fact, this is the standard that allows the police to get off in pretty much every circumstance of a cop killing someone without accountability you've ever heard of. Literally, these exact two things that they are teaching people how to use correctly, shoot people in this scenario, on this basis, is exactly what the police do in all the cases where you see them kill someone and you think, that's completely ridiculous. So Tony Blinken helped start a private equity firm that then bought this company that teaches police officers who to kill, in what scenario, and how essentially not to ever get in any sort of trouble for it by just embracing their license to kill issued by the Supreme Court. But it's a little deeper than that, really. Roughly 73% of police officers never use their weapon ever, their entire career. These sorts of scenario simulators pushed by Inveris, owned by Tony Blinken, clearly don't really reflect the actual scenarios that's more likely nothing will happen. Instead, they promote a form of training hyper-focused on situations that are actually not that likely to happen, feeding directly into the us-versus-them atmosphere of militarized policing, the warrior cop mentality in and of itself. I should also note in that blog post they were positively quoting president trump and his views on policing And when you put on top of all these other things, when you search Inveris, one thing you'll find is many links to a website called officer.com, some sort of pro-cop news type website. The reason why Inveris pops up is they've taken out so many ads and other promotions on the webpage, their name pops up on a huge number of the articles, regardless of what they're about, even things that are about other companies. Now you say, ah, it makes a little sense, right? Look at what they're selling. And you know, okay, fair enough, it does make sense, but doesn't necessarily make it better. And the site itself also has a forum page where people who claim to be cops sound off. I took a quick look and in about five minutes of searching, I found people smearing Brianna Taylor and speculating on whether or not they should send all of those struggling with drug addiction to the state of Oregon. Real enlightened approaches to policing all over that forum there. So, there you go. I'm sure no one's going to bring this up in any sort of confirmation hearing, although they should, because it honestly deserves to be addressed. At the time of a massive uprising against racism, sweeping this country, addressing exactly this issue, it really stands to, to wonder, you stand to wonder whether or not one of the highest officials in the land should be someone who has, you know, earlier this year, not 20 years ago, profited off of a company that taught the cops how to kill. Hush, hush, hush. Well, you know, a couple weeks back, maybe a week and a half ago, we pointed out to you that this crackdown in France against so-called Islamicist extremism is not really about that, and the reason it's stoking so much anger worldwide is not because it's all about free expression, but because it is really just about demonizing and marginalizing Muslims in France, which isn't really all that shocking when you note that the Emmanuel Macron told the New York Times just a few Emmanuel Macron, by the way, the president of France told the New York Times just a few days ago that. France is not a multicultural society. I'm not paraphrasing that either. He said France is not a multicultural society. He actually contrasted that to the United States, which he says is. So he's saying this is a unequiv- unequivocally bad thing, multicultural societies. That's the president of France. So maybe we could just stop there. But we're not going to stop there because it also becomes clear when one looks at the fact that the French government over the past week or so has arrested somewhere between 14 and 17 children, some of them as young as 10 years old, for the so-called crime of quote-unquote defending terrorism. Not actually doing terrorism, mind you, but simply expressing an opinion about terrorism in a class... Classroom setting when they were asked about it. So, what went down is this France required schools to have a moment of silence for Samuel Pate, a teacher who was beheaded for showing a cartoon widely viewed as Islamophobic. The teachers were then, of course, supposed to have class discussions about the issue, and schools were supposed to report any comments they deemed problematic, which is ultimately how we ended up with these kids being arrested for what appears to be no real reason at all. But you might be saying, well, hold on a second. How are they arrested for expressing an opinion in class? Isn't this what this is all about? Free expression? You should be able to write and say whatever you want, no matter how offensive. Shu, Charlie, right? Isn't that what it's all about? No, it's not about that at all. I mean, one kid didn't even say anything. He actually just refused to take his headphones out and stop listening to music during the moment of silence. But for that, you got to arrest the kid. One 10-year-old told The Times about the situation he was in, quote, the teacher said, if I draw the prophet, what would you do? Uh, And this boy, by the way, is now afraid to speak in class because of his apartment being raided and essentially him being arrested. But be that may, he responded to the teacher, well, I said there are other people who will come and kill you like Samuel Pate. And for that, his apartment was raided. This kid is 10 years old, answering a teacher's question. All he said is—I mean, he said nothing. But, you know— It's so ridiculous You don't even know Where to go with it And there's even more That are even more Ridiculous by this These young children Who've been traumatized Some of which are now You know they're wetting the bed They can't sleep Some of them don't even Want to go back to school You know one young girl Was a full body search Because of of an offhanded comment So you know I I guess That's the French secularism They claim that they're Defending here With all these different things Uh, It it, it has a double Clear double standard You can just offend Whoever you want As long as it's about religion But if anyone dares Express it view in favor of said religion, if it's Islam, then they somehow should be criminalized and targeted as some sort of proto terrorists And quite frankly... When you really look at what's happening with Macron and the other French officials, they aren't really hiding it, despite how much they're complaining about people criticizing them for being Islamophobic and racism. I mean, you've got the Macron and the Interior Minister openly saying that they want to change Islam, and it's thousands of years of of beliefs here, which is not something you do. You can love a religion, you can hate a religion, but you can't just randomly say, well, hey, I just feel like I don't like that, so I'm just going to do whatever I want to do as President of France. You know, you can feel whatever way you want to feel about what these kids said. It's certainly abhorrent that this teacher had his head chopped off or was killed or accosted or assaulted in any way over the issue of the cartoon. But honestly, the whole idea that this brutal crackdown is some sort of high-minded crusade for free expression or secularism or whatever is totally false. It's clearly just a smokescreen being employed to facilitate the forced assimilation into a clearly racist national culture, and it's coming, I must say, at a very notable time for france where the government has been pressing forward with a range of bills to expand quite a bit of domestic surveillance including a massive expansion of of surveillance cameras and drones and spying on demonstrations as well as by the way blocking people from taking photos of police officers so either way you look the walls are actually closing in on free expression under the guise of free expression which is really just covering for racism So much for European values, I guess. (laughs) And finally here, Pretty dire situation in the Gaza Strip. Health officials are warning that the healthcare system there is on the brink of collapse. It's groaning under the weight of COVID-19 and the Israeli blockade of the Gaza Strip. Israeli officials are continuing to block a range of critical goods, including ventilators, mind you, uh, of which there is quite a shortage. Only about 32% of basic drugs are available, and 62% of drugs and materials crucial for medical laboratories are not You just can't get them. Basically, that's what it comes down to. Gaza has about 500 hospital beds, but almost 15,000 people have contracted the virus so far in Gaza. And by the way, there's about 5,000 people per square kilometer. So the potentiality of a catastrophe there is huge. There are also shortages of PPE across the Gaza Strip. And it seems that Israel is holding up some of these critical life saving supplies until Hamas returns the bodies. And by the way, it's unclear if they even know where these bodies are. the bodies of soldiers who died in the 2014 war in Gaza that Israel itself started. And now officials in Gaza are considering a full lockdown to try to help curb the virus. But as we've seen here in the United States, lockdowns without many other things really won't get you where you need to go. And unlike the United States, the government in Gaza is fairly strapped for cash. And because of the blockade, almost all products exist in a state of shortage or precarious availability, including electricity to run medical equipment. So in the context of a lockdown, that makes it even harder to provide for people in a way where they can survive and makes them more difficult to do. So you have a difficult situation during a lockdown, Basically no ability to deal with COVID-19 in terms of the medical uh, situation, and you can see where you could potentially end up. And just to round this out, since we mentioned Tony Blinken earlier, worth noting here that he stated earlier this year, U.S. aid to Israel will not be contingent on any Israeli actions under Joe Biden. So COVID-19 or not, the brutal siege of Gaza is also set to continue, no matter the cost to Palestinians, on Joe Biden's watch. (laughs)